interesting because like the the consent piece gave me a lot of um you know a, a bigger platform which is great but i think a lot of folks came onto that platform thinking like oh like this is her area of expertise this is what sure. she does and it's sure. actually like i really prefer to dabble more in anti-racism it's about to get personal how did you get personal personal just got personal gary and i just got personal it's personal my name is Derek born my name is cornelius Minor. my name is bell brown this personal. is nick Stone. hi i'm donald miller all right, welcome back everyone to another episode of It's Personal and today I am super excited because I have a friend who I'll be talking to today. Um, she is an educator who cares about, I'm going to say the people, anti-bias educator who had this amazing TED talk online, you should check it out, and she is constantly, constantly trying to share information to make the world a better place. Can you please introduce yourself? Thank you. Um, my name is Liz Kleinrock. Um, I am an educator based in Los Angeles, California, and I currently co-teach a third grade class, and I also work as the diversity coordinator at my school in East Hollywood, Los Angeles, and I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. No, this is awesome. Liz, the first time I think I remember seeing you was I was just doing some research through Teaching Tolerance, and you had won an award through them. And I saw this video. So then I go online and like you're on Instagram. And again, I like following people who share good content. Um, Instagram can be a place sometimes where it's, it is exactly what it is. Like you share photos of like yourself and family and I get it. But um, one thing I love about your Instagram is that you share really good content that I can look at and I can use right away in the classroom if I want to. Um, so I appreciate that. You go girl. I want to talk about you and maybe you could just share a little bit about yourself in regards to how you got to California, how long you've been there, um, your family background. Sure. Um, so I call myself a transracial adoptee, meaning that I am one race and I was adopted to a family of another race. Um, I was born in South Korea and I was adopted when I was really little, six months old, um, and grew up in a really lovely Jewish family in Washington, D.C. I'm an only child. Um, I love my mom and dad very much. We get along great. Mm -hmm. um, and I attended school in D.C. and then went to undergrad in St. Louis, um, where I started volunteering with some after-school tutoring programs, like an art program, and really loved working with students. So tacked on an education minor, moved to Oakland, California. I had the great honor of graduating during peak recession in 2009. Mm -hmm. So pretty hard to come by. Um, so I got a job through AmeriCorps, technically volunteering, uh, teaching in two schools in Oakland and loved it so much. I moved to LA and got my master's at UCLA. And I have been teaching at a startup charter school. I guess we're no longer a startup. It's been seven years. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been great. And I've taught first, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade since the time I started teaching outside of college. Wow. So what's your sweet spot for a grade level? Um, I really like fourth grade. I have really enjoyed third also. Um, but fourth grade, I find, is this really great age where they're not like super hormonal yet. Mm -hmm. And, and um, uh, they can really start to think abstractly. And like mm -hmm. they get a lot more curious and then look at the world and see beyond themselves, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. I've, I've 
I've only done second and third, um, and I see a huge jump from second and third, but I've always been curious about fourth grade. Do you find there is a big jump from fourth and third grade in regards to what their capabilities are? Yes, absolutely. I mean, there are huge jumps every single year. Like when I taught first grade, there's something really magical about teaching younger students because when I taught first, I had students who literally entered my class not knowing how to read and left being phenomenal readers. Like there's just so much developmental growth that happens in those younger grades and it's really amazing mm -hmm. to see. And I still find that in third grade. Like um, I have my students do these morning journal prompts and we use the same journal all year. So seeing where they're at in March, what their handwriting, what their spelling looks like and the mm -hmm. ideas that they have and flipping back to that very first page and like the mm -hmm. first day of school. Totally, totally. And I'm like, oh, I can't even read my handwriting. <laughs> like, I know you've grown so much, it's wonderful. Because you're right, like, it's just the kids are so, they're growing up so fast. Um, and the experiences that they're having in the classroom are allowing them to grow um, so quickly. Uh, Liz, can you share a little bit more about, um, you said you grew up in a Jewish family. Um, what did that, like, what did your household look like during that time? Um, maybe between the ages of like maybe, I don't know, seven to like 15. Sure, um, I grew up in a lovely area of DC, still within the city. So they show that representation, DC statehood now, very important. Um, but my family was considered reform Jewish. So you have reform Judaism, conservative Judaism, Orthodox Judaism. Um, that goes like in order from least intense to like the most intense. Uh -huh. um, so grew up reform, but there were a lot of, you know, weekly rituals I did. Friday night dinner and like Shabbat with my family um, every single week. And then we would rot, watch like TGIF on ABC, like Family Matters and like uh -huh. and stuff Love like that. Love Family Matters. <laughs> so <laughs> And. That was just something that I think I probably complained about as a kid because I wouldn't go out on Friday nights if, you know, I'm having dinner with my family. But looking back, it was just a really, really special time. Um, I got bat mitzvah when I was 13, maybe 12. And around that time when my grandmother or um, my grandfather passed away. Um, my dad started taking Hebrew classes and going to Minyan at synagogue and my family actually switched synagogues to join a conservative synagogue so a bit more um, observant I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't really like to use the word like more religious but just more observant um, and they've been there ever since. My parents are really involved in the Minyan. Um, the rabbis are really great. We have some new leadership at the synagogue these days in DC, and they're very focused on equity and social justice and have really pushed the congregation um, to move forward in that direction, which is something I really appreciate. Um, but around that time, since my dad was taking Hebrew lessons and going more often, um, there were some changes around the household. Like we started keeping kosher, which I do not do. Um, you know, when I go home, you know, it's my parents' house, I'll absolutely, you know, respect their beliefs. It's not something that is personally like that important to me, but it's very important to my dad. Um, and as a kid, I would just complain about, you know, really mundane parts of that, like, 
going out to a Chinese restaurant and not being able to order meat because it wasn't prepared in a kosher way or that plus we can't go to Ben and Jerry's across the street anymore because you can't mix uh, meat and dairy. I have this <laughs> uh, memory of having my birthday. My birthday is July 4th mm -hmm. and always wanting to have like a barbecue and my friends come over. And since you can't mix meat and milk, my dad would say, well, you can either have like hot dogs and hamburgers and we'll get you a par of cake, which means like no dairy in it. Um, they don't taste as good. Or you can have your ice cream cake, which is what you want, but then we have to grill like veggies and salmon. And it's like, I know that nobody wants to come over and eat grilled fish on the 4th of July. Like I will bite the bullet, I will, take the nasty cake and everybody can add hot dogs and Ice cream cake now. I'm happy about that. That's so good. Where, where do you where would you get your ice cream cake from? <clears throat> oh, Ben and Jerry's has a pretty good one. Uh -huh. Just because I don't see those stores anymore, but we go there or just like Baskin Robbins around yeah. the corner. Like, yeah. before like the age of artists and ice cream, you know, mm -hmm. like small batches made in somebody's kitchen or something. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And these days. Um, I belong to a congregation here in LA. It's called Ikar. It's also very progressive. Our rabbi is amazing. She speaks out a lot on different issues of social justice and like racial inequality. Um, she also addresses the treatment of the Palestinian people by the Israeli government, which is something that I really appreciate too. And it's it's a very welcoming community. I've actually mm -hmm. found a group called Jews of Color in Southern California, and meeting those people was a really life changing experience for me mm -hmm. to just be with people who shared my experience and completely understood some of the things that I'd gone through when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Would you say, um, it sounds like obviously your Jewish background is something that's really, really important to you. Um, mm -hmm. would, would you say that there has been a change in regards to what that looks like back when you were younger as to now um, and expectations wise as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, my synagogue here is really diverse. Like if you walk in, it's still predominantly white, but you'll definitely see people of a lot of different ethnic and racial backgrounds. Mm -hmm. There's a term that I learned not that long ago called uh, Ashka normativity or Ashka normative. And mm -hmm. Judaism has Sephardic Jews um, and there's also Ashkenazi Jews. Ashkenazi Jews were originally descended from the Holy Roman Empire. Um, but you tend to think of Jews from Europe, particularly Eastern Europe. So like, imagine like Larry David. Pretty sure. much. Uh -huh. and I feel like that is what a lot of people imagine when they think of like Jewish people. And I'm clearly not that. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, but growing up and then, and still to this day, it means like entering synagogues or Jewish spaces and always being treated kind of like in an othered way. A lot of people make the assumption, you know, you don't look, you know, stereotypically Jewish so you must be a visitor you must have converted you must be married to somebody mm -hmm. who's Jewish when actually like I grew up in this community I grew up in these spaces and you know that's something that still happens to this day that I am uh, you know always trying to point out that 
you know, how we approach people and how we, the language we use and how we welcome people into these spaces really can impact how inclusive they really are. Because a lot of people who will greet me that way have no, you know, malicious intent. You know, they're just not used to seeing somebody who looks like me in that space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's funny because we've been going through this phase in the classroom of how do we respectfully ask questions in regards to our, like our own curiosity? And it's for a kid, it's like really difficult because they just want to blurt things out. They just want the information. And sometimes they forget about the other and that person has feelings and the questions can cause different feelings, et cetera. Um, and as adults, we often need to work on the, the same thing. So I could totally see see that and I've experienced the exact same thing before would you say that you, you say that people say like you don't look like the typical Jewish person like what what do people say that looks like I think that Larry David type stereotype is yeah. pretty spot on usually but I really want people to understand that Judaism is a religion mm -hmm. there are aspects of it that are embedded in lots of different cultures like Persian Jews or Ethiopian Jews or Argentinian Jews or Jews from, you know, different places in Europe are all going to be uh, having their own customs and traditions and religion is going to be embedded in them, but it's still going to look different. Mm -hmm. But Judaism is not an ethnicity. It is not a race as we've seen in history, like what happens mm -hmm. when Jewish people get put into that group and it, that's mm -hmm. not accurate. Um, but just that being Jewish can look like anything just like being christian being muslim mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. buddhist can look like anything mm -hmm. and so living in california i have to ask you this question okay so <laughs> <laughs> and i think i know the answer um but i'm gonna ask anyway tupac or biggie it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Okay, and that's tough because I grew up on the East Coast. I would say Tupac's poetry really resonates with me. Um, it's when I taught fifth grade, I was teaching in South LA. Um, we did a lot of work around symbolism in Tupac's poem, The Rose That Grew From The Crack In The Concrete. And I love my fifth grade class. It was a really transformative year for me as a teacher. And so like this tattoo is exactly what that represents. I guess Tupac. I love Biggie though. Like I really appreciate Tupac's lyrics. I love like, he's an amazing artist and there's just something also about Biggie's music that like I think I would prefer to like jam to that as I'm driving in my car down the street totally, you know I totally understand there's a time and a place for both. <laughs> there's a time and place for both of them I totally agree with you it's hard to pick one right yeah two legendary artists who both bring different ideas experiences to the world um so it's kind of like a trick question so I appreciate your answer though <laughs> So what does your California life look like? Um, like, what's your home life like now? Um, what's your daily routine? You're in the third grade classroom. Mm -hmm. um, I do also notice that you also have a cute friend living with you. I do. She's <laughs> away right now or else she, I'd be up every five minutes trying to prevent her from eating something. I, um, I live in Los Feliz, um, Los Feliz, which is um, an area right below Griffith Park in LA. They're really close to my school, which is nice. Um, as you mentioned, yes, I have a little furry bunny named Epiphany. She is so cute and she's a little rescue. 
um, she's growing, or I think I'm growing on her, is probably a more accurate <laughs> depiction of our relationship. But she's just, she's the sweetest. Bunnies are awesome. What are the bathroom and litter boxes? They don't smell. Everybody thinks they smell, but they're extremely clean animals. Um, <laughs> they're really, fun. they're so cool. And when I'm home, she just like hops around. You kind of have to bunny proof your house so she won't like eat uh, cords like she did shoot through my phone charger once. Uh -huh. um, and she'll like have a shag carpet. So she's uh, really into treating that like she's eating grass sometimes. But she, <laughs> I think you can tell that I'm talking about her because she just looked up. Um, She's really sweet. Oh, bunny proof your apartment. I, Dude, I that's love the real thing. You get a bunny, you'll understand. Like. What does that look like? Bunny proofing your apartment. It means you have to take these like plastic tubes and wrap them around all of your cords so she won't chew through them. Personal, personal. Anything you don't want her chewing on, which could be anything, it just has to be slightly raised off the floor. Much mm -hmm. like baby proofing, but yeah. you know, duh. Same, same. <laughs> it's like having a baby. Yeah, but she's the sweetest. And I have a partner. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. Been together almost two years. Um, he's in the film industry here in LA. He's a set designer. Personal, 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 personal. Um, he's super talented and is super modest about it. So I like to talk him up whenever possible. I let's talk him up. Let's hear about him. <laughs> so is he from, um, is he from California? He's from California. He's from the Bay Area, though. Okay. How did you guys meet? Um, we met through my best friend. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. Um, my best friend, Brian, lives like five blocks away from me, which is really nice. We grew up together in D.C., so we've known him since sixth or seventh grade, probably. Oh, that's, nice. that's really like, nice. Like, we joke. Like, we did the circuit together. Uh, Growing up, like every time I hear a Casey and JoJo song on the radio, I'm like texting Brian. I'm like, I think we slow danced to this when we were like 13 years old. Um, he's great. And so he and um, Joe, my partner, worked on a TV show together. Mm -hmm. And I was just over at his place, and he said, "Hey, uh, my friend is going to come hang out," and I didn't really think anything of it. Mm -hmm. um, but we had. You know, kind of hung out in groups, um, just done like really casual things, you know, as friends a couple of times. Um, and then we ended up out together one night. Brian had invited me out. I had no idea it was Joe's birthday. Um, and we talked a lot and then the next day texted and set up a date to go out and have been going out. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, what do you guys do for fun? Like what's... I'm assuming California is just like bumping all the time. <laughs> yeah, we try to take a lot of road trips whenever possible. LA is in this great area where in between like two to maybe six hours, like you can drive anywhere. Like you can drive to the Bay Area, you can drive to Joshua Tree or Palm Springs or, you know, there are just so many places um, within driving distance for the weekend. So we try to get out of town whenever possible. Mm -hmm. Actually, like one of our first really big dates is we went to the Channel Islands, which is this amazing national park off the coast of like Oxnard. It's like about an hour north of LA, right off the coast. Mm -hmm. um, you take a ferry for an hour and these islands are just, they're amazing. You can go scuba diving and kayaking mm -hmm. and they're just, there's like no people there. That's um, nice. It's beautiful. That's nice, that's nice. So what is his, um, what is his background? Um, he is a tall, adorable white guy from <laughs> Little County. 
Um, he's half Jewish and half Christian. His mom was actually raised Quaker and I went to a Quaker school growing up. Mm -hmm. So we've been able to talk about that. Um, he's, he's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So is there any type of navigating both of your kind of different backgrounds in regards to like living in this world where I think sometimes like I have a, my wife is Indian and I'm black. So I, we often get the, maybe the same things that you do kind of like, Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> what does that look like for you guys? I know I've, I feel like California is one of those places where there are multiple um, partners and couples that look different, but um, have you had any types of experiences like that? Not so much with him. I mean, there are things that we've navigated together. Like mm -hmm. I am the first person of color that he's been with. Mm -hmm. Um, it's nice that we share the Jewish background because there's a lot culturally and religiously, like you just don't have to explain to somebody who shares that, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. um, but he's very <laughs> honest and has told me, like he told me recently, I think I've learned more about like race and anti-racism and history and oppression, just dating you for two years than I ever did throughout wow. all of school. Wow. Um, he's great because he is a great listener. And I think he recognizes that this is not his area of expertise. I think he realized that way early on. Mm -hmm. um, and he is really okay with just listening and learning, which is mm -hmm. really wonderful. And Sheesh, that was personal. Asking questions and things like that. Mm -hmm. I know that I am coming into a lot of situations, if it's you know social interactions, if it's consuming TV or movies with a very different lens than him. Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, we saw the new Spider-Man movie, like Into the Spider-Verse. Mm -hmm. And he was like, the animation's great. He's a set designer. He's like, what did you think? I'm like, oh, the animation was really great. It was awesome. There were some things that I found problematic in it. But I don't want to tell you now because I don't want to, like, ruin it for you. Um, mm. But, you know, things like that. And I try not to be, like, the PC police and, uh -huh. and stuff. But uh -huh. he just makes me um, a much kinder and more patient Mm -hmm. like when I get very fired up about things he's really great at just asking questions and kind of like redirecting all of my feelings and frustrations and mm -hmm. I really appreciate that balance mm -hmm. like I've dated people in education before um, but I think for me it's great to have somebody who isn't in education because mm -hmm. I can only talk about it so much when I get home at the of end course. of the day <laughs> of yeah. course of course of course and then it's work too like I get to hear about something completely different also uh -huh. Uh -huh. and it, totally different like whole like totally different vibe and feel and um preparation like it's just a whole different environment mm -hmm. altogether so I think yeah that's a nice it's a nice change right yeah, yeah. I think we have really similar values and it's been interesting like talking to him um even my parents like we get married if we have a family together mm -hmm. talking about like you know your kids aren't going to be white, but for me, like they're not going to be fully Asian either. We're going to have biracial kids who are going to go through their own, um, you know, exploration mm -hmm. and maybe like possibly identity crises yeah. um, that are going to be completely unfamiliar. Uh -huh. um, so just kind of like preparing you mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, when they imagine having kids, at least I did when I was younger, I'm like, oh, I just picture like me, but smaller, exactly. you know, like, like a little little copy but just like this big and dead um and that's so not the case yeah no not at all and it's funny because we we and my wife talk about the same thing and 
we look at, and I think it's different because we are international and when we travel, we travel to places like if we were to go to India where the population obviously is, um, people are from India. They're looking at her who is Indian, but she has like a Western feel because she grew up in Canada. So she dresses a little bit different or hair may be a little bit different. Her mannerisms may be a little bit different. And on top of that, she's walking with another, like a black guy from Canada. And um, I have like, they, I have like an Afro and they're like, this is really different. So I think being over here, it's, it's interesting because I do get a lot of the like, like a lot of people are just curious of like how that happened. And I get it because it's different to speak. What would you say the perfect date for you um, on a Saturday? You just got home and you guys are about to go out. What does that perfect date look like for you? Oh, I'm so tired all the time. Sometimes <laughs> the perfect date is just ordering in sushi or Thai food and picking a movie to watch together. Yeah. Um, I feel old. <laughs> uh, I went out this Saturday and like went out like went out hard for like the first time in a while. The next day I was like, oh, that's why I don't do this anymore. I'm 31. Like it, it hurts a lot more these days. It's so funny. Yeah, one of my friends was asking me about. Um, I talked to like oh one day like I want to go to Burning Man like just once to see what it's like and they're like do you think you can really handle that I'm like I don't know like I like it to be quiet when I sleep and I don't like feeling really dirty and she's like well what about Coachella I went to Coachella twice when I was in my like early mid-20s like the idea just thinking about going to Coachella now makes me want to take a nap I'm so tired just thinking about it it's so hot and so crowded. I just can't. <laughs> it's so, uh, so nice. So yeah, nights in our grades. Um, I think like we've done, we did an escape room with his family. So oh, maybe that's like cool. they would be like doing an escape room together or something, you know, mm -hmm. funner and active like that. Um, going to see a comedy show. We do that. Uh -huh. There's so many great improv places and stand-up places here in LA. I think kind of older is just, I'm not embarrassed about that. I embrace that. Like, I like sleep. I like nesting. Um, I like not spending a ton of money on foods that I'm going to regret terribly the next mm -hmm. day. Like, I'm, I'm happy this way. <laughs> yeah. Liz, I just have a few more questions for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know we've been talking a lot about just like relationship stuff, which I think is really, really important. Um, and I haven't had a chance to talk to a lot of people about that. A lot of the conversations have been around um, education and books, um, but it is important, I think, for people to really get to know the person behind all of the, I guess, the screen. I guess, sort yeah. of speaking. Hey, your podcast is called It's Personal. Exactly. <laughs> personal, personal, personal. So I think that's one of the, and I, and I, I truly appreciate you just opening up and sharing all those like interesting facts about yourself, because I think that's what people want to know. Like, who is the real Liz? Like, what are some of the things she really enjoys? Like, we know that she's a really good teacher, um, but what does she like to do when she's on her like alone time or when she's with her partner? 
deep breakfast and watch scary movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it makes you normal as well. Like it makes you um, more real to know that there's actual like, you have interests, you have hobbies, right? Yeah, and I appreciate that because I think, A, I might, if I could redo the Instagram thing again, Mm -hmm. calling my page something other than my name, I think can sometimes be a little bit of like a dehumanizing factor mm-hmm. where people will sometimes treat you as a resource, as mm-hmm. like this, you know, entity rather than see you as an individual with mm-hmm. feelings mm-hmm. and opinions. And totally, you know, like my work um, and the things that I, I put out there, you know, are my opinions and it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think that's the, I guess I want to say beauty of the internet. Sometimes it, it it does it. It's such a free for all where everyone has a right to have an opinion because it's a, it's the internet. Um, sometimes I think people tend to believe that even though they don't agree with you, they can either put you down or um, just kind of. I think sometimes people have a hard time listening to other people's opinions. Um, yeah. They have, they don't know how to have that conversation without um, bumping heads or um, causing an argument mm-hmm. or just saying things that are unkind. I guess that's where I'm going with all of this um, yeah. because the internet is, it's the big bad wolf. Like it's, <laughs> it can be great at times, but it can also be very, very scary. Um, with the amount of people who I don't want to say they're out there to get you but they're there to 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 mix things up a little bit Um, and I think yeah you've been doing a really good job of managing that Um, yeah yeah a really good job you talked a little bit about full I think you said full house or family matters which one did you say Um, family matters I want to go back for a second because as you're talking about that a lot of shows came to mind so back then what would you say was like your go-to oh my goodness okay so I recently watched this docuseries on Netflix called the 2000s and I'm about to start the 90s and it was just this wonderful nostalgic trip down memory lane Uh um when I was little I was all about Power Rangers. Like I was recently at this huge flea market at the Rose Bowl and I found a Yellow Ranger, like Trini Barbie doll. Uh It's $20. I scooped that thing up so (laughs) fast. Like it is on my shelf back there. You might be able to see it. It it brings me so much joy. Um, So I love that, like all about like the Saturday morning cartoon. Like I grew up, I feel so, I was born in 87 and I feel so privileged to have grown up in what I consider like the golden era of like ridiculous pop culture, like from music to, you know, TV shows and ridiculous teen movies that are clearly now so problematic, but like I really enjoyed watching as a kid. I did a lot of uh, Nickelodeon, like loved Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, and like Salute Your Shorts. I wanted so badly to be on um, Global Guts as a kid or Legends of the Hidden Temple. It would drive me crazy watching Legends of the Hidden Temple 
and they could never like whenever they would struggle assembling the shrine of the silver monkey it's like it's three pieces i don't understand like why this is really hard for you right now um yeah i just wanted to be on the show so badly so all of those Nickelodeon shows i very very much loved <laughs> that is awesome that is and i'm i'm in uh, i was born in 88 so i totally understand and i agree with Personal. you 100 percent like there's so many shows and music songs and like movies that like you look at them now and you like kind of shake your head like wow like they actually allowed this to be on film but they're so good like right? and you took it for granted as a kid like when i was in middle school i would go home and i would watch trl with carson daly um back when they would actually show the full music video and you know it was your daily 10 so it would often be like the same music videos over and over and over again it totally would yeah like, I'm, I'm i'm thinking like i remember i would I would run, I would get home and I would put on like much music and then I'd put on, I'd have like a little like tape recorder and I'd like make my mixtapes through the TV. Like I just literally put the tape recorder to the TV and record the songs. <laughs> I love to go to mix. It was so much fun to like burn CDs and like decorate them with Sharpies and it give them awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome. No, it's so funny because I was watching that documentary and they talked about the rise of social media and when you're living in it as a kid you don't realize what's happening like this no. is just your daily experience um when they talked about things like MySpace and Friendster I was homesick um, like two weeks ago and I went down this rabbit hole for no joke like 30 minutes trying to remember my MySpace password to see if it still exists and I did find my live journal and it's the worst thing I've ever read in my entire life. Like angsty, emo, ridiculous, to the max. I, I'm so embarrassed by it and I still can't remember my password to get into LiveJournal so it still exists but I can't delete it and yeah and that's where we're at with that. Um, my space. Oh my gosh. Horrible. And like honestly to bring it like back to like the, the education like more relevant piece it makes me honestly really rethink a lot of the things happening with young kids putting a lot of ridiculous and like honestly racist offensive anti-semitic islamophobic things mm -hmm. out in the world and just remembering at the end of the day like they are kids and kids are so often products of their environment and the people that they're exposed to or not exposed to. Mm -hmm. But just looking at the ridiculousness that I thought and just typed like somebody cared about what I was thinking when I was like 14, mm -hmm. 15 years old, mm -hmm. I would just never ever want to be judged by anything that I said when I was that young. Even like into my you know, late teens, early 20s, like I still had a lot of really problematic thoughts and beliefs and mm -hmm. goodness, like I probably kept a lot of those to myself, but just mm -hmm. you kind of forget how old you are and what it's like to be 15 or 16 years old and what you think you know. And, mm -hmm. you know, as an adult, you can look back on those things and realize just how far you've come and mm -hmm. how you've had to unlearn a lot of really toxic thoughts and behaviors. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, kids are kids and they're still so malleable. We have to give them these opportunities to learn from mistakes and, and grow. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, take that very no, like light. That is, <laughs> you know, that's a great way to end. <laughs> that's awesome. We went from Power Rangers to mixtapes to like, this is real, this is the real deal right here. <laughs>
That's awesome. Where can people find you? Sure. I am most active on Instagram. My handle is at teach and transform, all one word. Um, my website is teachandtransform.org. Do you have a Twitter and Facebook account? Pretty much for the sake of having them, and people told me I should, but I don't use them mm-hmm. as much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And what's ne- what's life. next? What's next for you? Oh, what's next? I'm going to be doing some workshop and consulting work at different schools coming up, mostly in the LA area. After the TED Talk came out, um, a lot of parent groups actually reached out. Cool. Um, yeah, it's been awesome, and I've heard a lot of parents say, "Hey, we really love the work that you're doing." my child's school isn't doing enough. Can you come speak to parents and teachers? Wow. And so I've actually gotten a lot of work through um, families who feel, especially families of color um, mm-hmm. in predominantly white communities who feel like their kids aren't being represented and um, that issues of equity and inclusion aren't being addressed in the school environments, mm-hmm. which is so, it's pretty amazing to just get to know different people in different places and, you know, see you know, just what's happening, what are the different needs of different communities. Mm-hmm. Um, doing some work at uh, Sacramento State Multicultural Conference in two weeks, and then we'll actually be doing some training work over the summer in D.C. that I'm really excited wow. about. it's fun. You know, well-deserved, well-deserved. You work, you work very, very hard. Thank you, as very, to very you. Hard. And, you just, and it's very late for you right now. It is very late. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's it, these conversations are so much fun, so... I could seems like I could talk I could talk to you forever like you you were born in 87 so we have a lot in common <laughs> it's the best I remember all the different phases that Destiny's Child went through exactly oh my goodness <laughs> I recently asked my this is last year I asked my students like before Beyonce was like Beyonce do you know the group that she was in none of them did I told them this is going to be like an extra credit point and then one of my kids just goes the Spice Girls and I like get out of my classroom I can't <laughs> wow that's so true though they wouldn't even know granted like child you were born in like 2011 so like wow. how would you know that I didn't that's even terrible. think about that that's crazy it's crazy like no idea the Spice Girls like come on he didn't even know who the Spice Girls were <laughs> it's just like something that he had heard before it's a different time, man. It's really it's weird. It's a totally different time. Wow. Liz, I want to thank you so much for just coming on and talking to me today. Um, this is what It's Personal is all about. Um, really getting to know. I really appreciate it. It's been really fun. Thank yeah. Thank, thank you. Because it's, it takes... It takes a lot to come on and share your personal stories and we talk a lot about relationships today. So I really, really, truly appreciate it. Um, thank you so much. Thanks, Gary. You're the best. Oh, until next time, everyone. Thank you for tuning in again. Um, check out Liz's pages. I'm trying to get her to be on Twitter a little bit more. Um, if you can, you can do the same thing. Everything is the same. <laughs> um, all right. Until next time, everyone. Take care. Bye. Yeah, this album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing.